Dude, you took off your glasses. Yeah, I took them off. I feel honored. Wait, did you have them on for the last one we did? Maybe. Sometimes they're on, sometimes they're off. What but my eyes just hurt after a while if I wear them. I've been wearing them all day. Really? Bro, yeah. I don't think my your eyes, eyes are supposed to hurt when you not wear them. Not hurt, but like, I don't know how to explain it. Sometimes I just want my regular eyes to get exercise. Mm. Yeah. You know, my mom, when I was growing up, she thought if you wear glasses, your eye muscles get weak. So she'd always make sure I got a prescription that was just slightly too <laughs> <laughs> So like I'd be looking, no, she's but like smart. my yeah, eyes are key, working. She's woke. <laughs> right, right. How, so like works. I like be like, yo, I can't see the front of the board when I'm in class. And teachers uh -huh. be like, oh my god, Eric, get new glasses. I go and get new glasses. I feel like I still can't see. And they'd be like, what the fuck? And be like, my mommy doesn't want my eyes to get weak. <laughs> Not like you Americans. We know how it really works. When did she finally realize? Like, oh, I don't think she ever did. But uh, when I grew up and I learned that Google was a thing, one day I just like. I started to Google all the things my mom used to tell me. I was just mm. like, does eye strain make your muscles stronger? <laughs> dude, dude, uh, Asian moms always have the the wildest theories. They'll just read, yeah, like what was something crazy that you're... Same, like my mom used to make me exercise by like looking at things far away. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> does that mine not too. actually... But to me that... Is, I think it'll work. I think to it me works that makes kind of sense, right? Up yeah. until this moment, I've never questioned that this obviously works. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, what if it's just Asian mother wisdom? I've uh, I, I like looked up like stories of people restoring their vision and the like a lot of like the common ones is that like they would not use their glasses or whatever thing they had to improve their vision and practice looking at things far away. And I was like, whoa, that's like what my mom used to tell me. <laughs> I was like, either she's completely right or yeah. this is a lie. Of a story. There are people that have improved their eyesight from yeah. exercising their eyes. Yep. See, I feel like that just gives Asian parents worldwide ammo to be like, if you need glasses, that's your fault. <laughs> you need to work harder. My mom Make told your me, eyes yeah, work harder. Exactly. My mom told me that if I'm looking at green things, that actually helps. Mm -hmm. I don't know looking? if you've heard that one. Like green, the color green. It just looking at it makes your eyes better. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, I believe let me in help that you one. out. Let me help you out. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. It's like, just take a green laser pointer, just beam it into your pupils. <laughs> like, my mom says this helps. How bad are your eyes? I think I'm like minus eight. Ooh. I don't know what the scale is. That's yeah. what you, that you're one of the few, first few people I know that's worse than mine. Oh, like legitimately blind. What are you? Wait, My you're legitimately negative blind? Six. Almost, almost legitimately blind. You're le really? He's like worse than I am. I'm, I'm blind. Yeah, he's, you said you're minus six. Yeah. I'm minus eight. But what does that mean? You take off your glasses and like I'm a blur. Yeah. Like you can't. I can't. I can only see your nose. Are you legally loud on the road? Bro, even with glasses, I'm a bad driver. So probably <laughs> without him, absolutely not. You know, when my co-founder and I, when it comes to driving, if uh -huh. we've gone to like an event, he's like one drink or whatever. It's like an honest question. It's like slightly buzzed Will or like completely sober Eric about a driver. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. You know, so actually the, the girl I've been seeing, uh -huh. she you really... Got a new girl? Same girl. So still seeing her. Oh, Eric, what did we teach you from the last? Eric learned nothing. Hey, yeah, hey, <laughs> I think it could work. I think it could work. Oh. We're going to dive into this later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll continue the story, but we're well, about what to... What I was going to say is she likes it when someone goes to pick her up and, like, drives her, right? Uh-huh. And with me, she just gave up. She's like, actually, we can Uber. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I appreciate the romantic gesture, but I also, like... Not being in fear of my life. What 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 is it about your driving that makes you a bad driver? You know, th thank you for asking me. Everyone's just like, oh, he's so he's just at everything. He's yeah. Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's because I get really confused uh -huh. when there's like I'm on the road and there's an exit and the GPS is like you gotta make a right in 300 feet and I'm like. 
this right or like that right? Oh, no, right? no. I learned 300 feet yeah. means the next turn. See, I don't know what that means. Point one is one block. So when None it's like, of that yeah. makes sense to me. Distance perception is not your thing. Yes, exactly. And mm. I would argue in daily life, like, I don't need to know what, like, 300 feet is or, yeah. like, zero point Except when you're trying to get the exit off the yeah. highway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so what ends up happening, I'm, like, all the way on one side of the road, and I just uh -huh. yeet all the way over. Oh, yeah. So because, see, I want to go fast, right? Uh -huh. Got to go fast, boys. So I'm in the leftmost lane. Oh. I want to be efficient. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I'm like, oh God, the exit's like, <laughs> oh, I'm like directly like in line with it. It's like, if I could take my car and just like hop like that, that would be perfect. Dude, I realized you're like a cartoon character. Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah you I'm only like, eat Chipotle, wears flip-flops oh, yeah. and tank tops. Like. Dude, I've had I've had people be like, yo, Eric, like, why are you like a cartoon? Yeah, you really remind me of mm -hmm. one. They're like, the way you talk, like, mm -hmm. you're just animated. Like, Very true. The way you move and the way you gesture at things. I'm like, yo, I'm a human being over here. I got feelings. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Being animated in the way you speak. See, I, I feel good. like the way you talk, for example, mm -hmm. you're very, he's like, always looks chill. And relax, you know what I mean? Thank like you, you got that vibe. <laughs> you have you're like, no, you're like, absolutely yeah, not. So chill. He brings out the worst of me. That's oh all. my. <laughs> so no, chill. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to the heartfelt questions <laughs> yeah, later. Yeah. Are you guys, have you guys played this one before? No. What is that? So it's called We're Not Really Strangers. <laughs> what? I know the game. I know the game. Uh, Are we wait, about to start you, crying? You, you can't make a laugh like that without context. Um, basically. <laughs> Uh, we've talked about it, I'm pretty sure. No. It's um it's just like a it asks really deep, very like thought provoking questions about yourself. So are we about to cry? I yeah, I usually or cry fall in over love. these things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Or or so this is, his, this is Eric's Riz right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, this is intimate. This is my thing. He said, why don't we just add candles? Let's yeah. turn the light down. Hey, okay, you don't know, but I want to turn off every single one of these lights. <laughs> uh -huh. Just have it purely romantic. But then you guys are like, wait, they can't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> this is just an ASMR yeah. podcast. Yeah. The video is just complete darkness. What if we whispered very quietly? Do they have those where they just whisper the whole time? Ooh, new genre. ASMR podcast. Yeah. No, I bet. And when you laugh, you're like, ha, 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 ha. I bet you someone on TikTok will do it. And it would be really good. But on TikTok podcast. That would make I hella honestly, AdSense money. I, I think it would crack if people were talking about moving things like and also if you laughed at it. Are we sure that this is picking up our whispering? Because I feel oh, like yeah. that was so quiet. I could no, barely hear you in real I life. I think it definitely is picking up. Wait, Jeremy, go as deep as you possibly can. <laughs> that's not bro. That's a cartoon character right there. That's like gravelly deep. That's like fake deep. Bro, not all of us blessed with baritones like you, man. Yeah, you go. Hey, how you doing, Shorty? Oh, fuck you. That's so deep. Take take a lift. Hey, what's your name? Wait, why do we, why do we change our voice? <laughs> you know, studies have shown uh -huh. women are attracted to men with deep voices. Yeah, I believe that. That's why he gets all the women. Yeah, that's his thing. You got a deep voice too, Jerry. My voice isn't that deep. If I tried, hey, hey, what's up? <laughs> See, that was good. But it's like yeah, when you do the yeah, deep yeah, voice, you change your personality hey, too. I don't know hey, why. My name, my, <laughs> you like change the hey. way you speak. All right, my name is Jeremy. Yeah, we could, yeah, let's play this game. It's no, even man, weirder this now. This is code switching. Have you heard of that? No, what's that? So, for example, when you ever talk with your parents, do you find yourself talking a little bit differently? Mm -hmm. Like when I talk with my mom, I find myself dropping articles. Right. Mm, or I have like South Asian friends when they talk with their parents, they'll have like a little bit more of an Indian accent. 
Mm. It's like not even intentional because they're just used to talking that way. That's very true. Because if I was to ever talk to a Korean person, even if I was speaking to them in English, sometimes I just put on the accent on certain words just yeah. to because I feel like they would understand better if I said it in oh, the way they would say the word. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. A little yeah. bit of an intonation. Yeah. yeah and mm. so it just, you know, you put on the deep voice, you're just doing a different persona. It's still mm. you. Mm. So your deep voice is like some dude from Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sweetheart. <laughs> how you doing, his, sweetheart? His how you origins. doing, sweetheart? Hey, how you how, doing? How, see, now my voice is warmed up. I can go real deep. Honestly, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I'm curious about this game now. So this is, is is this what we're doing today? Yeah. So the New York Times wrote a study about it. It's called 36 Questions to Fall in Love. Mm. They took randomly selected pairs of people, put them through questions all about vulnerability. So, hey, I share something. And reciprocity. God, I hope you share something back. Mm. They found at the end of the study, many of these pairs of individuals became good friends with each other. One pair ended up dating and getting married. Oh, shit. Wow, how many how many people were in the study? I'm not sure. I think it was around like 30 to 40. Maybe we might be the first people ever to play this game and get married in a three-way. Ooh. Yeah. Innovative. I feel like that's the goal here. That's the goal. Yeah. Let's see if we want to marry each other. Hey, I'm really excited and grateful this was an exclusionary. You weren't like you two or like us two. You're like all three. Oh, no, no way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. the first Thruple podcast. We're very into, into yes. Thrupples. I love it. Well, actually, well, I, it'll probably surface when we start flipping these cards. Wait, what's the? He said we're into thruples. No, no, said, no, no, no. Yeah, wait, yeah, but right, actually, let's, yeah, like, let's, let's, like, uh, let's establish that those two statements were unrelated yeah, no, to the audience. Well, no, I think that you're headed in the opposite direction. Oh yeah, 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 I agree with that. So we, with I that. think we'll dive into. Yeah, I like that. We'll the, see. We'll see what comes so up. The way it starts, mm -hmm. it's through intimate and intense eye contact. By the mm. way, I'm surprised. <laughs> My eyes are like. There's two of them. What do I do? Well, I was gonna say I'm surprised you've never actually played this before uh -huh. with the girl that I'm seeing. We actually played it on one of our first early dates. I truly believe it's a great way to get to know really? someone early. You think it was a good thing to do it early? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's very. See what the questions are. You like. said you said first date. Yeah. Well, like first or second date. Okay. Because you get to quickly select for someone who's willing and able to be emotionally open. Mm. Because think you've run into someone and they're just like hell no, and they're like yeah. hmm. That's what I would say, but that actually plays into, you know, some realizations I had about myself recently. So that makes a lot of sense. Well, please dive in, sir. Yeah. What are these realizations? Um, so, no, I just uh, I came to terms with the fact or like not came to terms with. I think I discovered why I was so unable to emotionally connect with anyone. And um, and it, which, you know, funnily enough, if you had asked me to play this game maybe two months ago, I would have been like, nah, no way. Like if a girl that I was talking to asked me to play this game, I would have told her no because it's way too emotionally vulnerable from what I understand about You would have said no? Yeah, I would have been like, I'm not down for that. Let's just go do something casual. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to a bar. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, so um, brand. it, uh, yeah, made that makes sense that you said what that. What changed? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can say this on this, on this platform. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you can, some, your editor could cl cut this. Yeah, we can cut Dude, it Oh, out. they cut? Okay, yeah. so I did an ayahuasca journey. He took me to my first one. Oh, yeah, that's totally fine to talk about. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we did, I, we did an ayahuasca journey about a month ago. Um, went into it. It was very, for me, it was very intense and scary, but uh, it was like exactly what I needed. And I feel like my life has gone 180 degrees. Yeah, since. So I'm seeing the new you. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. I met you before even the journey, right? Literally right before, yep. And then now, uh, and now it's after. Bro, he sees the peace and calm in you. <laughs> that's the intense, chill vibes I'm picking. Yeah, I feel I feel yeah. like that's uh, I've been blessed with that now. What about uh, Jeremy? Do you feel, say you're on a date and a girl brings it out and says, hey, 
I'd like to go through these with you. What's your reaction? Oh yeah, I'm a sensitive. I'm a soft puddle. <laughs> oh yeah, I will. I will just, be like, let's you're, play. You're just dripping. You're yeah, like, all right, yeah. I'm yeah, ready. Dripping for the game. No, I mean, I'd be down. You know, I, yeah. I'm I'm very inquisitive in general. Like I ask, yeah. I like to ask a lot of questions. I was also super like when we were at that pasta place, and you're telling me about the. You're you're also like that too. You like the yeah. psychology of like how people tick. I'm the same way. So. I would play right, the game. Let's get ready to dive deep. So we're going to start with Iconic because okay. there's three of us and we can't direct yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so how, long, how long do you so, stare? So we're yeah. going to start like this, right? So first, you two have known each other. For You're going to make some intense eye contact mm-hmm. until one person blinks or looks away. Okay. And then with him? Whoever it oh, might man. be. And then I'll make eye contact with that person okay. and then whoever blinks and looks away for that one, they're going to draw the first card. Oh. Uh, level one. So they get progressively deeper. Okay. Yeah. Is okay. three the most deep? Three then, is the deepest. So okay. level one, it's very surface level. Level mm. two is a little deeper. And level three gets to the real Nice. Wow. I'm excited for level three. I'm scared. I just, I'm, I'm excited to finally play this game because I keep hearing about it. I've oh, never... I've just seen the TikTok. Their TikTok crushes. Yeah. All they do is like those simple quotes. Like, don't text them back. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm kind of like, how deep can it go? But I'm excited. If, it, if you loved it, then I trust you because thank you. Yeah. Harvard graduate approved. Damn. Okay, I don't know if Harvard graduates know anything about love and intimacy <laughs> relationships. Well, that guy who built that app, the How You Met Your First Girlfriend. That's true. That's I was true. Like, the, that's dating, the dating algorithm. Yeah, so if you approve this algorithm, card algorithm, then I'm excited. All right, let's 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 get to it. Okay. I'm going to count okay. three, two, one. I want some intense eye contact here, all right? Three. <laughs> don't make me laugh. I didn't, I didn't do anything. No, okay. It's just my face. Okay, sorry. Ouch. Yeah, what, 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 why are you laughing at my face? Okay, ready? Three, two, <laughs> one. You mother can't even keep a straight I, it's face. It's so hard. <laughs> you're, bl- you're literally. Wait, did bl- I blink? You're blink. blinking. All right. Well, also, my eyes. I'm wearing contact lenses, so they they get dry quickly. All right. So try again. Let, yeah. One. Ready? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Count down again. Three, two, one. He blinked. No, he did it. Eric, you were looking away. <laughs> I was looking away, so we're going to keep going. But also, the lights are shining directly in my eyes, so I'm at a disadvantage. <laughs> you blinked, you blinked, you blinked. Oh, dude, my eyes are <laughs> watering. All right, ready, Eric? I'm looking directly into these lights. Oh. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm just making sure this is bad. Oh, this is bad. There we go. All right, this oh. time it's me and you. Me? Right. Yeah, because you lost. Oh. Jeremy, you might just be a champion. All right. Three. Oh, no, I'm supposed to play you. Oh. He, yeah, he, yeah he, that's he, what, he, I, that's yeah, what yeah, I thought. Okay, was ready? <laughs> Three. Two, one, go. And we're off to the races. Jeremy's off to a good start. I see some tears in his eyes. Nice dampness. But Eric is extremely far. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Second I talk. He had to do two in a row, so that's pretty yeah, hard. Your, your eyes are yeah. like, I'm already emotional. I'm probably like, he's this crying. This working. <laughs> My eyes get so dry. Also, we have like literal candle flames next to <laughs> yeah. We're like, come over, boys. All right. All right, I'm going to pull the first. Wait, I thought you two now got to do it and lose then the third, you know? No, I think first, I'm just a second. loser. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, I don't know why we did it. We took just a loser. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so I get to pick Level from one. one, right? Level one. Okay. Wild card. Make oh. an assumption about me. Both players. <laughs> Yo, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right, let's say first impression. You just run into him the first time you ever yeah. met. What's something you assumed about him? 
And then whether it's right or wrong. Should it be like the first time he met me, like actually, or first if he met no, me no, for no, the first actually, time now? Well, I, well, no, because that's kind of tough because I'd had so many Zoom conversations. Like the first time I saw you was like a well, Zoom no, in no, the room. That's what I, I mean, saw you in a very like vulnerable the, state. This <laughs> Wait, what's, <laughs> what's this about a vulnerable no, state? No, I mean, it was just like his bedroom and yeah. his Zoom. And he's like, like he's not dry, he wasn't dripped out in his jewelry, just his big old glasses, <laughs> hair tied back. And I was okay, just when like, when you said he wasn't dressed, I was like, was this man dude? <laughs> no, no. What type of Zoom call? I come on a Zoom call yeah. just shirtless for the first time ever. No, well, but you know what I mean? It was just like, it is most just chilling. In so his regular like, state, yeah. So I'm just like, you know, he just looks like a. Big Asian yeah, why nerd. Not? Why not? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, so a nerd. Go, yeah, he nerd. thought you were a big Asian nerd. Yeah, that's no, not, no, I'm not learning a, things. I'm no, learning not things. Not a nerd because I already had seen his TikToks. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, maybe the first impression of my even watching his yeah, sure. videos. Why don't we do first impression TikTok and first impression when you're in, in his nude in his uh, room? And I, thought, yeah. I thought he was funny. And uh, I thought he was funny. And I was like, I like that one. I was like, either he could, he gets a lot of girls or he gets no girls. I wasn't <laughs> sure. Why no why, girls? Why is because it one or the other? Yeah. Yeah. Be, no, no. Because it was just like the way he would like crack jokes and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. It's like either he's very secure or he has nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. But then, then you're on a Zoom call where you're like, uh-huh. he's in a vulnerable state in his bedroom. <laughs> oh, I'm like, I Yo, use the what, wrong what words. Is, what is this? This? Is, this is trying to turn into that dog conversation from yeah, last yeah, podcast. Yeah. Oh, no. That was my favorite cornered. moment, by it's the way. I'm great. trying to get cornered now. Um, no, but I mean, like, you know, he was just like casual. But we started, this is first impression. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then, yeah. I mean, we you started talking. You on the Zoom call with him. Okay, so I'm allowed to judge him now about yeah, our conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, this guy is, this guy's smart. Like he's wow, yeah, that's pretty. Like he's taking a lot of he's taking a lot of risk. Well, because he was talking about how he dropped out of college, built his own business, how he started TikTok, and how he really had nothing to his name. And then in the pandemic, how many videos he was making, how he was just listening to Gary Vee. I was like, okay, kind of similar to me, where he'll like find something that speaks to him and then just go take the risk to go do it. So I was like, oh, this guy's smart. He's a hustler. Very yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. And I love you felt the need to add in the color that. He just looked normal with his glasses and his hair back. <laughs> like, yeah, don't I mean, expose him, man. No, I mean, like, look at just him now, to, Just right? have to take me down enough. No, yeah. no, not taking you down. Like, look at him now. You know, it's like, yo, this guy has fashion. But then he's just like, I mean, now I got to go get a picture of you. <laughs> oh like, you know oh what God. I'm talking about. It's so hard. Yeah, I don't not know why, why you have to bully me. Like, I thought it's I looked good that day. I put on my best Sunday suit. You tried hard. Yeah, I was looking as good as I could. And I'm not saying you look bad. And then he brings it up later. He's like, yeah, he was looking like a gremlin. You know, yeah. clearly not trying, and I'm just like, I love. He's like, yo, I don't know if I can count that as his first impression. He just looks so vulnerable, dude. And before the meeting, I was like, God, do I look good, Joe? Like, I went to my best friend. <laughs> no, I'm like, yo, I put on my best shirt. That's <laughs> a lie. And Jimmy cuts. Man, where it hurts I'm most. really bad at these questions. For I overanalyze them. All right, well, okay. Now I, I gotta ask. Yes, you. give me you, freak. No, no, him. you him. You Wait, him. No, no, no. We literally just no, talked no, no, about no, 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 you him. Okay, I mean, yes, stay okay. on him. Stay on him. So the first just know time, that my confidence is low right now from this man. So I just want to throw that we, out we there. We kick him when he's down, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Thrust it in. Knife twist. So the first time I ever heard of you, because I was uh-huh. getting dinner with this dude, mm-hmm. and he was telling me what you love about doing actor, right? For you, it's not just a drink, right? Mm-hmm. There's a whole culture, there's a whole ethos you're trying to do with it. You really love the content you get to make around it. And I was asking, like, oh, that's really cool, like how you do it. And he's like, yo, it really took off when he found a couple partners, right? You and Vit. And I was like, oh, okay, like, tell me more. So he described you, but it's always, like, different to, like, hear about someone, then you meet them. So when you came over for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. I was like, 
oh damn like <laughs> like I've heard about this guy <laughs> described as super business savvy, uh-huh. really good at the podcast. You mentioned, I distinctly recall, the podcast episode was just you guys just talking and hanging out. It's actually done better than many of the ones with huge creators and guests because of the rapport and the level of your conversation. And you come in, and I had the abstraction to him. You know, you're like, oh, he lives in his bedroom. He looks like a giant nerd. <laughs> I was like, yo, this guy's got drip. I'm like, this guy is fashionable. I'm like, yo, he's coming over here for Thanksgiving. I was like, damn, like, I, I hope, like, the other people who come here aren't lame. And it's like a good experience, <laughs> right? Right. And, then, and later on in the night, you know, we got to talk a little bit. And I remember when we ran, we went around, right? Mm-hmm. And the prompt we had was, hey, like, what's your name? And, like, what's your thing? What's your fetish, right? Mm-hmm. And you said for you, it's, like, love and emotional support. And I was like, oh, I like this guy. <laughs> right? Because he comes in. He's smart. He looks so cool. But he's got this emotional soft core. And then we play Mario Kart together. I was like, all right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you was watching us at Mario Kart too. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. (laughs) He said, yeah, 100%. He was like, there was no chance for you. I had fun. I had fun that day. Well, now now I got to know, okay, Mm -hmm. we we just heard the experience, like you getting to know him. What was your impression of Jeremy? Whoa, I, I didn't pull the card. Well, no, we don't no, have I'm to script it. Like, yeah, yeah. You're trying to avoid The it. both players is assuming it's two players. Yeah, we, uh, can, just, oh, we, we can just go through it. So, like, oh, you have oh. him on the Zoom call. Yeah. Like, I mean, what did he look like? So, I I had not heard about Jeremy prior because none of the Nectar content had come out yet. So, it was a mutual friend that connected us. So, I get on the call. And first thought was, like, oh, wow, this guy's young. Like, because, you know, founder of a company, especially an alcohol company. And being in alcohol, I'm like, I know how difficult that is. And every other alcohol company founder is like usually older they've been in the game a while so i was like wow he's young also i didn't know how old he was he looks way younger than he really is too <laughs> how, old did he, how old do you think he was yeah, how do you think i was bro i thought you're like my age oldest and i was like is this guy younger than me i was like there's no way though <laughs> and then uh, but then i learned how, how old he was also he had like a buzz cut back then mm. and he was telling me he's from the bay area so i was like as soon as he said bay area and i'm looking at this asian dude ear piercings buzz cut i was like this is the most typical bay area asian <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, he probably knows how to Dougie, like, you know, like. All of I those. do not. <laughs> but uh, but then as I got talking to him, I was like, oh, wow, super smart, um, very charismatic, super personable. Like, he, I started liking him right away. Um, and, yeah, th- those are my, my first two actual parts of his personality. Yo, I, I second that, bro. You got charisma, man. He does. He's got riz. I feel like all three of us have charisma. I, or we wouldn't I be can agree. I agree. We, we try our best. We yeah. try our best. But, yeah, all, dude. All different fonts of charisma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. Fonts and flavors. Yes. 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 All different flavors well, you, of You know charisma. what I really love about you? Like, it goes without saying, obviously, you're smart, you're good looking, you're charismatic, <laughs> easy. Like, that's just the low-hanging fruit. But what I really appreciate is so we met at the fan house party, right? Where there's, like... A lot of stuff going on that oh, night. Yeah, a lot yeah. of like people, everyone's like running around. You know, it's a party. He was having an orgy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't talk about that, Jeremy. <laughs> so what I really appreciated was you followed up, right? Because I met you. And we talked for like a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like, in my head, I remember thinking like, Jeremy's like really cool. Like, I'd love to get to know him better. And when you were heading out, you're like, hey, man, like we should connect. I was like, in my head, I was like, yeah, I'd be super down to it. And I was like, make a mental note. Remember to follow up with Jeremy. Because I'm used to always being the one who remembers to follow up, right? Mm-hmm. I've built a lot of my relationships from just you meet people for a moment. You get a good sense. You got to remember I need to follow up. And what I loved was before I even had the chance to, you sent me a text. Mm. I was like, oh, shit. I mean, I was, um, I was like, um, I knew what Carrot was because yeah. of I watched YouTube. So then when I found out that you were the founder, I was oh, like, thanks, whoa, man. like I, this guy's up to something. So 
Yeah, I mean, I heard of Nectar as well. That's why I was yeah, like, yo, yeah. this is so f-ing cool. And then we got dinner, jammed a bit, got to know each other. It was really fun. Yeah. That's what I love about LA. Like, you meet yeah. people and you're like, whoa, you're the guy that does that. Yeah. And then you yeah. get to know the person behind it. And it's just, it's very cool. Has there ever been somebody you met who ended up being super different from their content, their on camera persona? Yes. Yeah. How 100%. So? But I'm trying to remember who. Oh, um, Everett Noble, actually. I think he's he's like one of the most creative, mm. funniest people on TikTok, and he's way shyer in real life mm-hmm. than I realize. Yeah, wow. not in a bad way. I realize that like okay, like you you he has that like artist like kind of introverted like kind of vibe to him. Yeah, yeah. And then he turns it on when he gets. Yeah, off yeah. Film. And then I got I kind of got to know him a little better, so now he's way more like oh, this is the Everett I expected, but I didn't expect him to be so shy at first. Mm, yeah. I got that. I've also noticed there are some people like Melissa Ong is really on camera and off camera very exactly similar. Exactly the same. <laughs> you know, 100%. She's naturally. Energy she's levels. Funny and yeah, hype. a thousand. A it's thousand. so shocking that she's exactly the same though. Cause it's like, oh, this has to be a bit of it. When you see it without yeah. knowing her, you assume that it has to be right. a bit of a play up or an act. But then you get to know her and you're like, geez, oh. if anything, you're playing it down. Exactly. Yeah. She's actually super yes. genuine. That's exactly who she is. No, but yeah. she also lives that life. Like yes. she rages hard. Uh-huh. I'm like, how is your heart still beating? She goes hard yeah. and then sometimes she goes chill. She alternates. Yeah. But generally, who you see is who you get. Her chill is still hard. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For me, at least. The one, yeah. other, one other person I remember who I remember thinking, oh, it was actually really like their on-camera persona. So Graham Stefan. Mm. His, his little channel is about being financially responsible. I've gone dinner with him a few times in Vegas, and every time we go to this tiny little sushi dinner, it's like called like Super Sushi Eight. You get like all you can eat for like twenty bucks. Oh, oh so he's man. the same. He's frugal. yeah. It's like actually. Oh, yeah. I thought like, he was about to say he'd be throwing it. Oh no, the no, no. Like, <laughs> Only the finest. No, it's like legitimately like one step above gas station sushi. Oh man, well, why but does like, he punish himself like that? Because that's the way he is. He's wow. so focused and so disciplined. Like this isn't a camera act. Like yeah. I've gone to dinner with him multiple times, and we actually go back to the same place. The people there, they know him because for him that hits that balance of like this is value. And I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> Well, I guess for him, it's it's purely, you said, like, this is value. So does yeah. he ever go to nice places because it is still worth that value? Yeah, or? I'm sure he does. Uh-huh. But for what it's worth, every time I've gone to dinner with him, like, we just go back there. <laughs> it's like a thing. He has his table. Huh. The people know him. I'm pretty sure I just watched a video of him, uh, the, like, millennial money or something. Yeah. Something like that. And it was, like, talking about how much he makes a year. And it's, like, six mil. And that was, like, and years ago. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's talked about his net worth. It's, like, in the double-digit millions. Yeah, like, the guy Jesus. I mean, for me, power to him for that mm-hmm. discipline. Yeah. You can respect anybody that's yeah. that discipline. But to me, life is way too short. Yeah, to different be, philosophies. Yeah, yeah, like, you got to enjoy food. I guess maybe maybe he's got, like... Dull taste buds. Like, maybe his taste buds aren't as, Does he have any things he likes to indulge in? Yeah, I think so. I think Graham's got, like, nice cars, nice watches. Oh, okay. okay. But at least for the food part, that's something he's just... It's, like, almost opposite for me. Actually, no, I would definitely... I like cars, but, like, food is, like, number one indulgence, I think. Yeah. If you could spend your money, like, you had endless amounts of money, what's the first things you're spending it on? Personal trainer, personal masseuse, personal chef. Mm. When I'm yep. done with my day, I yep. want someone to walk me through getting the best shape I can, feed me, yes. m- prepare, massage my body. That's that's ideal. Wow. I mean, honestly, now I'm taking your answer. <laughs> it was going to be just chef. And then, uh, and then yeah. he just yeah, added got, two perfect parts. You got $10 million. Why do I want to spread the love? Yep. Nah, I would also, for me, it's uh, I just like comfortable travel. 
Oh, yes. Uh, like first class. So my co-founder, he has earned his mile. He flies way more than me because yeah. sales, he has to fly around. So he's earned executive platinum on American. And so we buy regular. When I fly with him and he buys a regular ticket, we both get bumped up to first class. Oh, that's dope. So I've experienced first class multiple times and it makes traveling like air, airplanes are annoying. Air, going to the airport is just a headache. Yeah. But first class changes. Every, you got to go to the lounge. You got to be first on the plane. Supposedly, your luggage comes out faster. I yeah. feel like it does. Real quick, though. Yeah. But let's say all three of us were flying. Would I also get bumped up? Or yes. is it just, oh. With America, he gets up That's to so four cool. other people as so, long as there's space. So on the way to Tahoe, I'm I'm one of those, right? Or Depends who, who, on your behavior. Okay, well, just yes. know I, I've been a good boy. Yeah, yeah, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, what's so funny, I already study what fuels airplane customer rage more than anything else. It's when you board a plane and you have to walk past your smug little faces sitting in first <laughs> class. It turns out, like they've done surveys, that uh -huh. infuriates more than anything because you're just faced with the economic reality. There are people with more than you. Yeah. yeah. And it's painful. It's so evilly genius of them yeah. to set it up that way. I don't uh, I don't look at the people. You just, <laughs> you're like faceless. Yeah, you're just yeah. like, don't look at me. I'm just a member of the bourgeois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm please, like, please continue walking. I don't want to acknowledge you. I'm like, I promise you, if we showed our, each other's bank accounts, you have more money than me. I'm just with him. But, but you're like, guys, it's fine. I've just finessed my way. Like, please yeah. don't hate me. Exactly, exactly. So everyone has the opportunity to ride first class at least once, I think. Either like a chance, like, you know, those like airplane hackers that yeah, are like, oh, totally. just ask if like, and they give you all these like tips. If you actually do them enough times, I feel like you would have a chance. It's not if you fly decently, fly one airline. It's yes, better to earn those points up. and earn status. Because even I have gold on American, which isn't even close. There's like four other levels in front of me, yeah. but I'm still get aboard before everyone else in the back of the plane, and which always then then I never have to worry about getting a. You know what's the worst on planes? Actually, here's your seat right there, right in the front of the plane, and everything is filled. So you got to go put your luggage in the oh, back yeah. slot. Oh, that's the so worst. then when the plane is deboarding. You're just like, uh, you're stuck can trying I to get somehow, back. Or, yeah, that's you yeah. know what I did once to avoid that. Um, when I was in economy, had to put my luggage like six rows back because there was no space. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, so I, and I've gone through this many times where I'm just like stuck waiting for my luggage. So then I was like, right as the plane was landing, I got up and I ran to the bathroom, which was at the back of the plane. And I so so didn't yell at you. No, no. And I just the sat man, the in the pee. bathroom for like hella long. But here's the thing. For some reason, this was the one time that like the plane got stuck on the tarmac for like 30 minutes. So I was sitting in that bathroom oh for I think God. 45 minutes just waiting because I'm like, thought you were probably birthing a yeah. baby. <laughs> no one questioned it either, though, dude. That, so yeah, that's crazy because uh, one time I tried to stand up and like get to that spot, and they're like, "Sit down, sit down, sit down." So I had to it depends sit. on the flight attendants. Yeah, some of them are really or maybe strict. it's because it was him. <laughs> uh, true. That's another you didn't think about. True, that. Like I, we let the sigma males go to the bathroom. <laughs> When the plane's landing, I was like, "Please, miss, I get my he luggage." He raises his hand. Yeah. He's like, "I know I'm not supposed me. to get up, yeah. but, but can, can I go to the bathroom?" <laughs> All right, let's let's do another question. I think uh, I think we're ready for level two. Yeah, let's do a level two. I'm, I'm already in love. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Jeremy, you want to yeah. do the honors? Okay. I just grab anyone, yeah, any card. Usually, if they're wild cards, we don't always do them, but you know, just pull it out and go for it. Level two connection. Hmm. It's a wild card. What's the wild card? Create a secret handshake. Okay, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we'll do a different one. Yeah. The, the wild cards? cards are usually a little bit more wild. It's level two. All right. If you could get to, if you could get to know someone in your level, sorry. 
can't read today. If you can get to know someone in your life on a deeper level, who would it be and why? Ooh. Eric, I'm going to ask you to answer the question Ooh. first. These are thought-provoking, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm like, who, who would I actually want to get to know better? Mm. I'm going to say my brother, and this is a weird answer. Because my brother lives in L.A. Really? <laughs> I have not met him once for the entirety of the two years I've been here, except at a carrot event, which he came as a plus one. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. Wait, yeah. did you and your brother grow, uh, grow up close or no? Well, so he's about five years younger than I am. Okay. And I always had the burden of expectations from my parents. Mm -hmm. I had to go learn piano, go do math camp go attend Harvard, go work in investment banking. And I think they saw how stressed I was. And eventually I just stopped listening to them altogether. So I think with my brother, they did two things. One was good. One was not good. The mm. good thing was they were a lot more relaxed and chill with him. So for example, he got to learn the drums. You didn't have to stick with piano. It got to be cool. I was like, well, well I, I got to play the drums the too. You got to learn the drums? Yeah, I got to play the drums. I'm the youngest. Mother <laughs> yeah, see, the youngest Asian kid still has to play an instrument, but it gets to be they the get drums. to be different ones. Yeah, yep. yeah, and so like he would play basketball and he, like had friends in high school. So that was like the good thing, which I'm grateful he got to mm -hmm. have a little bit more of a relaxed experience. But the bad thing, they also had lower expectations for him. And in an Asian household, that often correlates with the tension and perceived love you get from your parents. They just like, well, Eric's going to be the one who goes into Harvard, so Patrick, you can go do what you want. Like, mm. we don't care. And I think that's, like, harmful in a way, too. And I actually agree with care. that. My, my, older, my oldest sister definitely has, like, resentment and was yeah. definitely, like, all the pressure was thrown on her. She went to Berkeley. She went to Harvard. She, like, my parents were super strict on her in a lot of ways. And then by my second sister and then by the time it was me, you know, I was a vagabond. They were still, <laughs> they were still very, very strict yeah. uh, and, and in other ways. But, you know, she's always like, they were 10 times stricter with me. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> like I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I played the drums. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running an alcohol company yeah. now. So, I mean, uh, because, I mean, do you have resentment towards your brother? I don't resent him. It's more like, well, what's so funny, I caught up with him like a year ago. And I was talking through, like, I don't visit my parents much. I'm like, hey, look, I know they love me. I love them. But I just had a lot of resentment toward them. That's hard to work through. I don't think it goes well if I'm just at home and fight with my dad. And, yo, my brother, he's so wise. He's so emotionally healthy and enlightened. He's like, they were our parents. They tried the best we could. They're family. It's not perfect, but it's going to be okay. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, he's so emotionally balanced. Mm. Like, and I'm like, cool. Like, what's the goal? What's your dream in life? Right. And he's mm -hmm. like, you know, I just want to live a good life. I want to find a job. I'm going to go work at it and I'm going to go home. I'm going to do things I like and I'm not going to stress too much about it. Like, wow, that's so different for me. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I need to like feel fulfilled and be going hard and building something, big dreams, big ambitions. And it's the intensity of life that I really look for. I think I get bored if I was just at a place just working at a company and like that's what he does, right? Mm. But he's found a way to be happy and just have this like balanced life. And I was just like, wow, he's like in many ways more emotionally mature than I am. Mm. And I admired it and I was just like, whoa, he's like a real human being person. 
And, you know, we've gotten closer. Now I actually, funnily enough, I've called him more for advice than he's called me these past few years. So you call him regularly. You just don't hang out with him regularly. I call him when I'm having a problem in my life. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, man, I'm going through a breakup. Like, Patrick, like, what do you think? He's like, hey, man, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. I'm like, so, so wise. <laughs> Have you heard? Wait, was it you that said that you have a friend that put the answer, uh, put the text into ChatGPT and just sent? Oh the, no! So yeah, you want to tell it? Yeah. Uh, I, I, my friend, he had a friend that had basically close with that person back in the day, but hadn't really spoken to them in a while, and they just kind of recently connected, and the person was texting him just paragraphs of something that that they were going through, and my friend was like, I just didn't have the time. To respond or like think of anything so they copied the entire response put it into chat gpt said please give me like the best response to this no. text gave him a response shorten it to a paragraph shorten it to three sentences he said it was perfect sent it and the person was like oh my god that's exactly what i needed to hear or whatever oh it was god. and he was just like it works that's so scary loki yeah you know it reminds me so you know bj novak from the office yes so he's also a writer. Mm -hmm. If you remember him, he's the guy with the glasses yes. who is like yes. dating Mindy Cowling's character. Yep. So you Ryan. Ryan, exactly. Yes. Ryan was the name of his character. So he's an author. He wrote a series of short stories. And one of them, he talks about, he writes about this female character called the most thoughtful, empathetic woman in the world. And the framing is you go and you talk to her and you come out feeling like a million bucks, like she finally understands you. And he writes one short story about people talking about how amazing she is, how good she is. Then he writes another short story from her perspective where she's just like, all she does, she just does the same two things. Someone comes in, they pour out their heart to her. She just looks at them. She says, what does your heart say? <laughs> and if that doesn't work, they talk more. They're like, oh, I don't know. She just looks at them again. She tilts her head and she goes, what does your gut say? <laughs> and that's all she does. Moves around the body parts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that reminds me, chat GPT, I guess sometimes people just want to feel heard. Yeah. I agree. Huh. Wait, uh, does your brother reach out to you to hang out? And do you just ghost him? Uh, he's at, he, a couple of times. He's like, hey, can I come to this carrot event? I was like, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like pretty, pretty tight in my list. <laughs> there have been a couple of times I've been like, yo, do you want to play Smash? Super Smash Brothers Melee. He is as well. We've just never made it happen. So, mm. so this is a weird answer. It's in, it's within my power. I just haven't, you know, we just haven't done it. Why do you think that is? <sighs> I mean, I'm a big believer at the end of the day, we make all of our own choices. We hold responsibility. Clearly, I just haven't prioritized it enough, right? Mm. I can talk about wanting to do it as much as I want, but if I haven't done it, it means I just haven't prioritized that and I'm caring about maybe more urgent but less important things in my life right now. It's like, hey, maybe this is a point to reflect, to reconsider. That's but good anyway. accountability. And I like what you said, more urgent but less important. Like so yeah. sometimes certain things are more pressing even though you know long-term it's less important. Did you guys hear of that one study, basically, where they're like, if you calculate, maybe it's not even a study, but they're like, if you calculate the time that your parents have left on this earth and the time that you actually see them every year or whatever it is, it's like, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny amount. Yep. They did, yeah. yeah. So that mortality thing kind of like, I'm always like, whoa. Yeah, that, it's, I'm I don't know if it was from that study or like just this quote I heard, it was just like, uh, how old are your parents? And the dude was like 76 or like 80 something. Right. And he was like, how many more years do you, do you think they have? And he's like, probably like four years, honestly. And he's like, okay. And he's like, so I have four years left with my parents. He's like, no. He's like, how often do you see your parents a year? He's like at Christmas only. And he's like, no. So you have four more times mm. that you see your parents, not four years. Yeah. So it's like very scary and tragic, but 
You how often? Well, yeah. How often do you see your parents? Yeah. Or talk to them. Um, I call my mom pretty often, at least once a week. Um, wow. and then um, I try to see her as much as I can. Like I go back. Well, like I go back to New York for work, and it just so happens I have a lot of reasons to go back to New York always. So that's good. Dude, that is wholesome. But yeah, I'm a wholesome. I'm a big mama's boy. Yeah. That's cute, man. Good Thanks, for man. you. <laughs> what, what about you, Jeremy? Um, we're in like a family group text, and then obviously I text them individually. Like, I'd say like once every other week. Okay. And then uh, I'm trying to be better at like FaceTiming them. Yeah. And that's generally like once every three weeks or something. Do you but. feel like with your sister, the one who you mentioned, the oldest, who went through a lot of stress, do you feel like, are you guys close or? Well, me and her beefed a lot when I was younger. Yeah. And like, obviously I'm older and I have no resentment towards that, but I, it's similar to you where I'm just busy with life. What did you say it was urgent over? Urgent over, I keep focusing time on urgent things that might not be as important. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel. And Maybe this is like bad thinking too, but like I'm the first one in my family that has potentially the ability to make enough money where I can maybe retire them. Generational wealth. Generational wealth potentially. And so for me, I'm like, everyone will thank me when I can wow. make their life easier. So I feel like, so one, I totally empathize with that and I get it. But two, I feel like a modern day Aesop would write a fable about how you put this all on yourself to earn enough money for your family, but mm. you weren't as close with them in the pursuit of that. And then at the end, mm. they just wanted to be spending time with you instead mm. of the money all along. I feel yeah. like there's some probably modern ASOS people there, but like I identify with that too. Yeah. 100%. There's like the divorce dad theory, which is exactly that, right? Mm, I've like never the, heard that. Yeah. The, well, I mean, well, sorry, not the divorce dad. Well, yeah. the distant dad. And it's the similar thing where it's like, you know, he works all the time, puts his kids in private school, buys them whatever they want, but all they want is for him to show up to the soccer yeah. game. So, yeah. I remember sitting... Oh, go ahead. You're about to say something. I think I, I've struggled with that too because I think I'm in the same boat where I feel like I'm now... I've been given a chance to create generational wealth for my family. And for me, it's like no matter what I have to sacrifice, I will create this for my family. And then you think... And then you see like what like... Especially seeing my mother like over this past uh, holiday break and just, you know, I had a lot of like kind of like deeper conversation with her and it was just like, like I asked her like, do you regret anything? Like I regret a lot of things like that I did to you. And she's like, no, it's like funny because like I'll never regret anything because everything I do for you is just out of like such unconditional love that it was just like all these things and I'm just like, oh man. So it's like, I think it's a balance of like, I do still want to create. I need to take advantage of this chance to make sure that not only my mom, but the, my grandkids have the best life possible. Right. And then it's like, but you need to balance it. Like you can't sacrifice 100 to zero. But that's the thing, right? It's like what I thought of, oh, call your parents every day or every week is like mm -hmm. hours and hours. But it could be three minutes of just checking in on you. I'm busy, but just yeah. wanted to say what's up. And then once I realized it was that and that's all they want, I was like. Like I could do that. I would schedule any time, any hour of the day for an investor right now. That's like interest because I'm raising money yeah. right now. How can I not give my parents 20 minutes once a week? And yeah. I was just like, yeah, man, both those points hit hard. I think that now I'm like, man, I should text my mom. For this. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And it's, and like, it's hey. even a, even a text, right? Hey, yeah. I'm busy. Can't call you, but like just checking in on you. That's all they want. And you know what I thought about too? It was like, like they literally put us on this earth mm -hmm. and, and it's kind of wild. Cause I was thinking the same way when I was thinking of artist management back in the day where 
you know, you would grow these artists' career, and then for whatever which reason, we were in a situation where some of the artists left our management company, right? Just up and left. Imagine if Carrot just walked away from you. Yeah. It's business you built for however many years. It's a strange feeling. So it's like, imagine how your parents feel where it's like, literally, your mother gave her nutrients to bring you into this earth. All that financial support, they tried the best they could, and then this creation just like walks away. They're probably like, huh. Not saying that they're perfect either. No, I get that. Yeah. I mean, I think... Also to what you said, you said you went to your mom and you're like, hey, I'm sorry for things that I've mm -hmm. done. Yeah. It's kind of wild. You were like even able to have that discussion with her. And yeah, it was tough. It was like, um, so right after the ayahuasca, there was moments in my journey where I was like, I felt like I was genuinely in hell. Like I had, it was like the worst, most intense thoughts. I was, gen I was scared, crying my eyes out, puking. And in the worst moments of despair, like what my mind immediately went to, to like, th like protect me was love. And the, the biggest source of love was my mother, obviously. And, uh, and so like after that, <clears throat> and there was like moments where I think I've done a lot of healing. Like my mom, I would say of like, not no shade to my brother. He's a good, he's a great son, obviously. Yeah. But like of the two of us, I'm definitely the one that more so worries and cares about like, you know, what my mom's doing and, yeah. and that. So it's not that like I regret the way I treat my mom anymore, but like she has 100% had to sacrifice her entire, like her life had almost no purpose other, other than raising us. Like down to like we're having dinner and without, and just like she'll just memorize what foods me and my brother prefer. So in a spread dinner, like kind of like sharing area, she just avoids those foods so that we can have more of it. Like down to that level of like selflessness. Wow. So I try to like, She's just like a very big role model for me and how to live my life in terms of uh, like selflessness and caring for others. So, yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. I feel like it goes to your point, Jeremy. It's like, yeah, they pour all these nutrients and then, yeah, one day, uh, you know, we do mm -hmm. walk away, right? We're not, we're not living with them anymore. We're going to see them 10, 15 more times. I think for me, I'm not very close to my parents, right? So I'm listening mm -hmm. to both your stories. I'm like reflecting, like, why is that, right? So I talk to my dad maybe once every six months and it's usually around taxes mm -hmm. <laughs> and I talk to my mom maybe once every three, four months and I haven't seen them for probably over three years actually from before COVID. Mm. And on the one hand I did that cause I knew, Hey, I needed this for myself, right. To grow and explore because before, I always felt that intense obligation to honor what they had done. But my, especially my dad, he really would take that obligation and translate it into, you need to do specifically X, Y, Z, which mm -hmm. I just didn't agree with. Mm -hmm. Go be an investment banker, right? Go get a job in finance. And so I think I needed that space to be like, hey, I'm not going to do those things. And I think I'm settling in a place where like the best way to honor their obligation and what they've done is to not do exactly what they tell me, yeah. <laughs> but try and follow the spirit of it. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't always know what's best. You know, they have the right. best intentions, which is why I think what you're doing is the right path. What you said earlier that you feel resentment towards your parents, you still feel that's true? I think to a certain degree. I once had a conversation with my mom, which mm -hmm. is why I was like, it's cool. You had that combo with your mom too. Mm-hmm. Where she just like, this is a few years after I graduated from college. So I think it's when your parents, at least my parents also began to see me like, okay, like he's an adult, right? He'll be at like one who doesn't know like how to drive <laughs> and like probably other like very basic things can't uh -huh. take care of himself, but like he's an adult, right? Uh -huh. And she was like, hey, you know, I'm actually like really sorry for like all the things that I feel like we did wrong, hmm. right? 
And I was like, wow, that's like really powerful. And by like my dad, like I tried to have discussion with him, like, yo, like did not, I don't think he like cognitively, it wasn't in a malicious way. He like cognitively could not understand like what could he possibly have ever done that like hurt my feelings, right? <laughs> Like, he, need, he needs some ayahuasca. That's a very Asian yeah, dad exactly. thought process. Yeah, but he wasn't trying. He wasn't being a dick. Like, yeah, he no, just, no, it's not. He malicious. actually couldn't understand. Yeah. I was like, "This is a waste of my time." <laughs> you know what's? I, this reminds me. So, on Soft White Underbelly, do you you know that interview channel, Soft White Underbelly? No, what is it? Um, they interview just like the craziest characters from like. So, Soft White Underbelly is like the people like showing the softest, like most vulnerable sides mm. of people in the most like, you know, kind of crazy situations in humanity. Crackheads, so prostitutes, crackheads, prostitutes wow. pimps, gang members, like crazy, yeah. right? They just had one uh, viral interview with an ex-gang member from like 626 area, very close by. And his, his thing was, he was like, beat, his dad abused him a lot growing up. He became a gang member, been to prison multiple times, right? All this crazy stuff. Um, but he met with his mom's pastor once like out of chance and not to get religious, but like, it's just like this, this part was very powerful to me where one of the, some of the advice that his pastor gave to him after he kind of just like shocked him with how much he was able to kind of know about how he really felt inside. He was like, you know, I want you to go apologize to your father. He's like, I know you've done nothing wrong. And I know your father owed you everything as you being his child and you owed him nothing. And he betrayed you by abusing you and all that. But if you, put that aside and you apologize to him, I think you'll be shocked at what happens. So he does that, hasn't seen his dad in like 20 years, goes and apologizes to him when he is 100% in the right. He does not have anything to apologize right. for. Your father is an abusive, alcoholic piece of shit, honestly, right? But he went and he sat in front of him and he apologized. He's like, I'm sorry, I could never live up to your standards. I'm sorry I ended up like this. I'm sorry I joined a gang. Like he just started going off. And for the first time in his life, he saw his father cry. First time in his life, his father apologized to him. And 100% sat there and took full responsibility for every wrongdoing he's ever done. First time ever. All from him making that first gesture of an apology, even though he was the one that was in the right. So it was like after that, now his dad goes to church with him. Now his dad doesn't beat his mom anymore. His dad stopped drinking, like yeah. all this crazy stuff. And I was just like, that's super. And if you really think about it, I, I thought about this too. I'm like every angry and like aggressive altercation I've ever had it probably is because I feel like I'm right, right? Like, I'm like, I'm right. I'm being wronged. I hate you. Whatever. I'm going to cut you out. I'm going to fight with you or whatever, right? But if I had even just sat there and been like, okay, even though I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry I've made you feel... If I had come with that energy, there's... In 100% of the instances, I'm pretty sure that they would have sat there and been like, ah, f you know, you know mm. what? You're, you're right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it would have completely changed the cadence mm. of every altercation I've had. And so... Yeah, I just feel like it's very different for you, your situation, of course. But I think right. a lot of us with Asian fathers have that could learn a lesson from that because Asian older Asian men have the way they've had to grow up. Like they're just they're mm -hmm. they're uh, they're a product of what they had to go through, you know, and this it's made them like this. And honestly, if their sons came to them with that type of mentality, I think it would immediately like shatter their outer shell. I love that. And I'm actually really excited. Like, yo, we have kids. Yeah. What's that generation gonna be like? Yeah, I'm actually worried they'll be too soft because now we're we're a little we're a little too. You need a little bit of that toxic, like you know. Like, so, like, so you think you're gonna have tiger mom elements in you, huh? Yeah, I think tiger I will dad? be strict. Um, wow. Yeah, if, if between my parents, my mom was the strict one. My dad yeah. was super chill, but he was never around either. And then since yeah, you know what I think? I think about Levar Ball. 
Yeah. You know who LeVar Ball that's is? The ra- reading Rainbow guy? <laughs> no. Uh, do you know who the NBA player is? Lonzo oh, Ball? Yeah, that's, not, Ball? Right, that's not <laughs> the reading that's Rainbow LeVar guy. That's LeVar Burton. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What is reading Rainbow? What? You never saw it on a reading rainbow. Oh. It was the only channel my parents would let me I watch. I love how you were the one person in this group <laughs> who's familiar with both the basketball guy <laughs> and the reading rainbow person. What is, the, what is reading rainbow? It's like reading a rainbow? channel? Yeah, or like, PBS. You know PBS uh, is? Yeah, I know PBS. Yeah, super wholesome. And he was this uh, guy who would basically, it was like a TV like show. LeVar Burton or yeah, something? Yeah, LeVar Burton. And it'd be like storytelling. But like you get kids into reading and shit. No. But his name is not Lamar Ball. <laughs> yeah, Lavar, Lavar Ball. Lavar it's so Ball. funny. His last name's Ball, and his like life mission was to get his three kids to the NBA. Yeah. Literally, but like when you watch documentaries of him, he always was teaching his son uh, sons that they had to have each other's backs. And but it was highly competitive. He would let the older ones beat down on the younger ones in competitive basketball. Not like punish them, but like you wow. know get them really competitive. And also there were moments you see as he's like coaching his kids because he was their coach for various sports leagues when they up he was very hard on them and then just kind of explaining to them why he was acting the way he was and although the kids would be angry in that in those moments you could see that they had a lot of respect for their dad and they would slowly shape up and also when they did really bad things well maybe they don't show it on camera he was never like explosive he's still kind of like would like one of them went to play at ucla yeah robbed the Louis Vuitton store in China, wow. got extra. It was a whole crazy thing, but you could, they, they had a whole reality show around it. And you just see the way that like in those moments, how he disciplines them, but, or, or just has their back. You know what I'm saying? So you could just tell that the kids respect the dad. And not only that, everything he said came true. They're all in the NBA now. You know, so. I read an article in the New York times recently. It was about some golfer. I want to say it's like Anthony park or something. I'm not sure. But apparently about 10 years ago, people thought he was going to be the next Tiger Woods. He's like a really big deal. And they wrote an article about him because he was at the top of his game and he just stopped playing and he never gave an explanation why. And the article was trying to figure out like, why did this potential superstar disappear? And they talked to his dad and the dad apparently had raised him to be the next Tiger Woods, to be super competitive. And there was like famous stories where whenever his son would win second place trophies in golf, he'd go and like smash them, like throw them away. And his dad was like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that because apparently they're just completely estranged and this might have been a contributing factor why this guy who's blessed with golf talent just completely quit. It's never played professionally again. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, the other thing about LeVar Ball too is like he's constantly with his kids. Like he built his whole business around the kids and time around the kids. It's just like, yeah, you put time into something, it's going to, I assume it's going to turn out better as long as you, you know, are... So do do you think, so you said you're going to be strict... For me, I'm going to be the chillest dad ever. <laughs> I'm honestly, maybe because I had a dad who gave me a lot of expectations, I'd be the total opposite. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be like, hey, you want to be like a poet? Go be a poet. You want to weave baskets? I got you. So what, what do you think you would be? Um, I think that your kid has to do hard things, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to, I, I don't think I'd ever hit my kids because it just made me very angry. Yeah. So that's kind of some, I'm like, if I, if I can't have the emotional control to like not hit them, but can't, if I can't teach them a lesson without hitting them, I think that's something wrong with me. Mm. So yeah, I, I would make them do hard things though. So you'd be a little strict side. Not necessarily strict. I would make sure that they're, you know, playing sports, doing something competitive. I would allow mm. them to be independent. Like I was like biking to school when I was like in first grade. I don't know if that's super independent, but like I did a lot of things alone. And I, I was like, I, you know, that made me just independent. 
I had friends in in in, in college that couldn't didn't know how to flip an egg. <laughs> right, right. I knew how to do that. I'd I'd make my own breakfast in second grade. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I I know people at like 27 don't know how to do their own laundry, so it's like yeah. I feel I fall in between the two levels you described. <laughs> I can do my own laundry, not great at the eggs. Yes. <laughs> Failed to meet Jeremy's low bar, but I hit in tax. Yep, yep. Oh, I'm in, I'm in Good enough day. for me. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do another question. Yes. Right. Are we going yeah. to three? You're, you're pulling. I'm pulling this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, do you go one, two, three, one, two, three? Yeah, we can, we can just go let's around. Do, yeah. oh, okay, we can, we can okay. Or let's just go straight three, three every right, time. Oh, man. Let's, let's, <laughs> well, let's see what it says first. Yeah, yeah, I'm scared. Let's see what it says first. Three is reflection. That's cool. So I'll answer, I mean, I asked the question and I want to, you know, ask you guys the same question too uh-huh. and answer it for you guys too. What do you think I fear the most? What do we think you oh, fear the most? Yeah. Um, I think you fear, uh, I think you fear like judgment of others. Tell me more. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Just the way that when you came into the podcast the first time, you're like, I'm so nervous of like how that was. Like you're mm. like, was I good? I hope I was good. Like, and I was like, dude, you were fine. You're like, are you sure? Okay. Um, and then you, you kind of how you were saying that, like, you know, even, even after you've had certain success, you second guess whether or not yeah. you deserve that. And you second guess, like, how people think of you beyond that. So, yeah, that'd be I think mindset. you're right on the money. I think I'm very afraid of not being liked. And I think when I reflect, why is that? Maybe it's because... Growing up, I felt like I earned validation from doing the right things. When I did things wrong, I got punished super hard. So I just became this optimization machine in Eric. Like, let's not get punished. Let's not get socially excluded. Mm-hmm. Let's just stay in the group and try and do things that I think will promote those results. And it's no way to live because you just end up, I mean, you're even seeing little parts of it, always analyzing, always anxious. It's the biggest reason why for the longest time I never went into my own thing and did my own company, even though I really wanted to. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, what if it doesn't work well? People are going to think I'm stupid. And I had to build up the psychological security and safety to be like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm just going to do it anyways. But I'm still working at it. Mm. Now I'm going to ask, well, what do you, what do you think, Utak, what do you think Jeremy fears the most? Ooh, what do I think Jeremy fears the most? Jeremy's like, I'm the man with no fear. Yeah, I was about to say, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely correct. <laughs> Let's move on. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I think Jeremy fears the most? Oh, it's difficult to say. I'm gonna, like, I'm, there's so many. Yeah. You know? No, actually, it's it's very. Damn, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, Jeremy's a courageous man. All right. I, I've realized this um, from watching him do stuff. But I would say I feel that Jeremy fears um, wasted effort, maybe, that mm. like he'll mm. dedicate his whole life to the pursuit of something. And in the end, if it was not the right choice, mm. but it's like that's maybe not my best. It's like hard because Jeremy is a very like I've never seen him afraid to do things. Wow. before. You know what I mean, like now that I think about it, he's a quick executor. Have, have you seen Jeremy anxious before? <laughs> All the time. Yeah, but in like a. <laughs> He's like making himself anxious of like, oh, I got to do as much as possible, like blah, blah, blah. That's why I, I picked the wasted effort part because he's putting so I'm much. Afraid ep- it's not going to amount to anything. Yeah, like trying. He does like, for example, for the podcast, yeah. he will nitpick and complain about like, not complain, but like <laughs> bring up the smallest, most insignificant thing and be like, okay, how can we change this? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I get that's a good thing, right? Mm. Always trying to be better, always trying to optimize. But then sometimes I'm like, you know, you got so much going on. Well, 
Maybe you shouldn't care so much about this tiny, tiny thing so you could be slightly less stressed and focus a little bit more on, on, on better things. But I feel like that may come from fear of like, okay, if everything doesn't hit perfectly, this might not work. And then it was all a wasted effort and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Hmm. Somewhat accurate. Yeah. Mm, how so? Um, there's just a lot on the line. Um, mm. And... This thing, the, the the drink company is now getting to a place where I have responsibility. It's no longer three friends in a garage yeah. dicking around. I mean, look at your office, right? You have people to look after now. Yeah, after a while, it begins to matter. It begins to matter, and that kind of keeps me up at night because as much as I'm putting time into this, a lot of people are as well, and their well-being now depends on me. It really does. Like you know, It's like, oh, we're all in this together. It's like I mm -hmm. still hold the most risk for all of you. Right. You're trusting me. You're giving me your time. You're giving me your energy. And I don't take that lightly. So that's where I'm kind of like. And then I and, and the other thing, too, is then you read like like Kobe Bryant biographies yeah. or, you know, you you just listen to people that have done great things and they had to go to really great extremes. Like it to me, I haven't I, I've yet to find um, somebody that didn't have to go to that extreme to achieve it. Yep. Unless it was just out of pure luck, mm -hmm. like. And obviously, once they get to that place, they kind of like, oh, then I cracked and I found a happy medium, mm. right? But I still think it just takes extreme effort to get extreme results. Now, there, are you guys familiar with Michael Singer, the no. author? Are you familiar? I think he, the, the book that I read was The Surrender Experiment. Mm -hmm. And I think The Power of Now is his. Maybe that's Eckhart Tolle. But I know that The Surrender Experiment is his. And basically, he had, uh, I forgot what his previous career was, but... At a certain point, he was like, I'm just going to go off into the woods and all I want to do is meditate. So he gave up all his worldly like belongings and was just trying to build a cabin in the woods and meditate. But as he was doing that, right, these opportunities, these random opportunities would start to come to him. So like he was building his cabin in the woods and his neighbor was like, hey, can you help me put the roof on? I see you're really good at this. He's kind of annoyed. He's like, I don't want to help you build the roof. But he was what he what he committed to himself was like, I'm going to surrender to a higher being, a higher power God. And I'm just going to, everything is about surrender. It's not about me anymore. And long story short, he ends up building a uh, multi-billion dollar company that sells. But he just documents how this thing of every time that he let go of control or just fell into flow, no matter what, even if it sounded like it wasn't going to make sense, he just kind of ended up in this place that was exactly what he needed. So where I'm kind of getting at with that is he still worked really, really hard, even in that sense. And... Yeah, he still had to work extremely hard. I don't know. He made it seem like it was all fine and dandy, but I'm to re to achieve anything great, you have to make extreme sacrifices. Kind of where I'm getting at, and I guess that's where I fear that uh, I can't take my foot off the gas. How do you reconcile not being able to take your foot off the gas with here's a guy who learned to let go and surrender, and that's what helped him get to the next level? That's that. That's where I'm like. That's where I'm now at. Where I'm trying to figure that out. And so I try to cling on to good habits like diet, sleep, exercise. I don't do a great job of it, but also like for example, like I'm trying to be. You know, I I do. I am spiritual. Mm -hmm. I do believe in God. Mm -hmm. I and so like even something like Sunday. I was really, I had to work that day and I missed church because I was like, that's three or four hours out of my day. And like looking back, it was like, yes, yesterday did, I'm glad I didn't go because I got a lot done. Right. But I'm like, what could I have done the three days prior, right, to allow myself that space? Because maybe I would have been more refreshed. Maybe I could have got some learning that would have made me more effective in what I was dealing yeah. with. So 
I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. That's probably my biggest goal is figuring out how to surrender and, and be a little more conscious of uh, not needing to be execute so perfectly like a machine. I'm sure you have a lot of parallels with that. Yeah, I feel that hard because here's the curse of going real hard and doing something really well. When it grows and you want to scale it, now you're not the one doing it. Now you're the one who's aligning the mission, bringing on the right people and making sure they have the resources to execute. And you can't do it yourself. Mm -hmm. You got to work through others. And I'm learning that managing is really different from doing. So yeah. I get what you're saying, right? I too feel a lot of fear. Carrot's like a thing, right? There was a point where it became from Will and myself, my co-founder, just two kids doing a thing to like, oh, this is a company. We employ people. Their livelihoods are dependent on it. Mm -hmm. People have given us money. There are a lot of expectations on us. And cool, that makes me want to go work super, super hard. But like, there's a limit to what I can do. So mm -hmm. I got to hire people. And then when I hire people, like, like, what am I supposed to do? Be like, work harder. Like, yeah. Treat them like your dad. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do that, right? And so it's really hard because I feel great about the people we have. And it's different from when it's just me, I can just go put in 10 more hours and make it happen. How are you supposed to do that when you're working through others? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why the point of surrender is really interesting because I think at a certain point, you have to be able to let some of that control go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know what he fears the most. What does he fear? Snakes, spiders, <laughs> public speaking, not public speaking. Not public speaking. He fears love. Ooh. Or I think he fears never finding love. Yeah, that was better. Never way. finding true love. Yeah. It's a good one. Damn. <laughs> Guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't want, this, I don't want this pity, by the way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, nah, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. I think that I've, for, I've said it all, I've actually described it pretty well. I think I said it on our podcast yeah. that for, the ver for a very long time, I replaced my need for love with like uh, lust and cheap validation, like cheap replacements that it's dug the hole so deep that I know that I have a long journey to heal myself in front of me. And so it's like, and I'm optimistic about the future. Um, I think that was my, my biggest fear probably a couple months ago, but now I'm like, I'm optimistic about solving that issue. So, yeah. I feel like that's a super vulnerable place to be in because I feel like when you love someone, you're mm -hmm. also in a weird way surrendering. You're giving up control. You're like, I'm 100%. trusting so much of my mental and health and sanity mm -hmm. to like the whims of another person. And will I find someone who just unconditionally just accepts me? Mm -hmm. Do you get that out of your current friend? I think <laughs> the girl I'm currently seeing, mm -hmm. I think there are parts and moments where I do feel that. That's why I'm trying to figure it out. And I think it's hard because like this concept of unconditional acceptance, right? Like on the one hand on paper, it's like, well, this is theoretically impossible. How could you mm -hmm. like every part of me, every little thing I've done, am I really going to find someone who's going to accept that? And you know, what's so funny. So I'm not particularly a Christian. I wasn't raised religious, right? But I went to church for the first few times when I was a sophomore in college. And the reason I did because I went to a sermon and he talked about the concept of grace. Hey, if say you did something terrible and wrong and your parents step in to take that punishment for you, 
maybe we don't have to punish you anymore. And to me, I was like, wait, this makes no sense. Like, this is like a math equation. Like, just because, like, I was going to whip the kid. Now, like, whipped his dad. Like, that doesn't mean the kid's thing is, like, chill and okay. It's not mm. like, oh, well, like, I whipped one person. Like, they're all the same to me. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, well, the dad just, out of grace, just cares so much and loves so much. He's like, I'm just going to accept this for you, right? And I was like, wow, what a crazy concept. And I bring that up because that was one of the first moments I'm like, wow, maybe not everyone's perfectly rational. I don't think it's rational to un conditionally love someone but mm. as humans we're not and the same motivation that drives a dad to step in when his son's getting punished maybe there's something yeah you can find someone who's going to do the same for you as a partner and just accept you even though rationally they shouldn't that's the thing about romantic love though i think that it's not unconditional like it's never romantic love is never unconditional to begin with like you build it's the first version of love in your life that you have to build towards that like the first version of unconditional love is you're born and your parents are supposed to unconditionally love mm. you. The original first is, is supposed to be God in his creation, right? And then the parents mimics that because you are your parents' creation. But then when you are trying to find your life partner, it's like you always have conditions. Like, what, like for most people, number one, attractive. You have to be attracted right. to them, at least physically, right? That's what usually sparks interest. Then it's like, do we mesh well? Are our values and morals together? There's so many conditions if you really think about it. It's really hard. Yeah, it's a lot of conditions. So it's like, you know, and then you got all these like, you know, like game gurus and self-help gurus and they're like, you have to raise your status and this, this and that. And you got to be the top 1% and blah, blah, blah to even get a chance. And it's like, to, and it's it's not correct, but it's it's not wrong. Like it, the more conditions you fill, like you know, the more mating chances you have. So it's like, yeah, romantic love is conditional, I think, and it builds to be unconditional eventually. Mm. Yeah, because you're because once you're 65 and you've been with someone 20 years, like you're not going to care about how they look, what car they drive, right? You're going to just I've been I've loved you for 20 years, like so. At any point now, like you are you're my partner. Like I'm going to do whatever it takes for you. But in the beginning, if you meet someone at 30, you think they're going to do the same thing that, you know, if you were together for 30 years. That's why if you find somebody that does check those boxes, I guess it's also yeah. tough because you're like, well, is it better? You, you 100%. In my, life, better? I've, in my life, I've met people that checks that I feel that you, we would 100% build unconditional mm -hmm. love, but they didn't check some, there was, they didn't meet certain conditions. So it didn't work out, honestly. Like, they weren't a goes, big booty Latina? It goes vice versa. <laughs> He, they like, were not. Every single box was checked yeah. except for that one. Yeah. Not, no big booty, not Latina. <laughs> Out of so here. Close. <laughs> do you think, have there been people where you feel like you, do you feel you have unconditionally loved a romantic partner before? I don't think so. I think mm -hmm. I have been in love and have loved women, but unconditionally, no, because if it was unconditionally, I never would have left them. Mm -hmm. You know, like there would have been no condition that would have made me leave. I think that to really know if you unconditionally love someone, it's only time that will tell. Yeah. Unless maybe some things happen, but like. But that's the thing, right? Yeah, if it huh. is cheating a condition then, because if if you're with oh. a partner and she cheats on you, you're probably going to leave. But then is that con unconditional love? That's why a parent, wow. a parent's love, right? True unconditional love, their child could murder somebody and they'll probably be on the child's side, right? My brother could go murder somebody and I would back my brother up because I unconditionally love him. If my wife cheated on me over and over and over again, I would leave her. So it's like, so is that is that conditional? That's a condition I think that you, you have can, to be loyal to me. Can't you still unconditionally love someone, but do the action that's proper, like where they're not hurting? You're not supposed to unconditionally love wow. someone to where it's harming you, right? Well, that, but you, that, you, you that's don't have to be that's like one-sided unconditional love. Yeah, but, but you then there's a condition. Yeah, but you don't necessarily have to be taken advantage of, right, to unconditionally love somebody. 
I think we're thinking of no, like no, the I physical agree. aspect of what you're doing, right? Like a, uh-huh. like a, like a, yeah, like your brother, right? You, you're physically there for him. You put money in his jail account. Mm-hmm. You pick up the phone when he calls. You don't just abandon him. But my brother is not a criminal, by the way. I just want to, <laughs> like, yeah, for context, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is hypothetical. Officers, this is hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, does unconditional love have to be? But that's a condition to me, I feel like, you know? And it's like, it's hard to say. It's hard I think to, it's my takeaway is actually maybe we should not strive for unconditional love. I don't think it know? has ever been in, in a romantic situation has it been unconditional. Or it's what you build towards, right? Because I think at a certain point, people will not leave their spouse, even if they were to betray them in like a way like Ugh. cheating. I mean, if you think of like, uh, you're 70, you know? It's weird <laughs> to think that they could yeah, cheat yeah. on you, possibly. Yeah. But I know it happens, like especially... Yo, and you're yeah. seeing... Yeah, home patients go crazy, man. <laughs> you don't know because at that point they've lost all judgment. They're like, "Hey, I just yeah. want to." Yeah, that's true, dude. Yeah, that's but it's a- like you know, it's just a thing to think about. I think I'm not saying that I'm right, but like, no, I I kind of like the concept. Like, it's I, okay I to have conditional love because conditions, yeah. for example, should be not like hurting me. Yeah, exactly. My condition is that you also like love me enough not to do that. It is wild though. You're like if my brother, you're like if my brother murdered someone, I would back you up. Yeah. Well. Okay, let me take that back for yeah, the record. Yeah. I would, <laughs> Your Honor, this is not admissible. I would 100% turn him in, not hiding nobodies. But you know what I mean. Yeah. I think a like lot you of, would put money in his jail. Yeah, account. I would bail him out. Like, you know, I wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't hate him as a human being. Exactly. Like, Even if the world turned against him, you know, maybe wow. I wouldn't publicly be, be out there like fighting in the streets. Like, no, he's innocent. <laughs> yeah. But I would, you know, be like, I'll be here for you, whatever yeah. you need. Until he pipes your wife or something. That'd be, crazy, That'd be crazy, but like, no, I don't think you, I, I, I think I can unconditionally love, maybe this is just, just another random thought. Maybe I can unconditionally love because I know reci- it's reciprocated, mm, you know, and I feel, feel safe that in that you. almost. Wow. And it's like, that happens with family because there's like one blood involved. You've, I've literally, I've known him all his life. He hasn't known me all my life, but like, you know, uh, but yeah. For a moment, I thought you meant Jeremy. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 like, no. He's like, yeah, I met him for the first time on Zoom, but but actually, I was I've there when he was born. I've been following him his whole life. <laughs> I love level three, baby. Yeah, of course. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I Actually, Jeremy, I identify with that as well in terms of like the angles and everything. Oh, this is interesting. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. How do our personalities complement each other? Ooh, that's a good... Wait, I want to hear you two one. first... Because you've known each other okay. longer. How do your personalities complement each other? Ooh. <laughs> Damn, I'm they thinking. just laughs. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why am I here? Well, I one, one way I think they complement each other, at least as business partners, I feel like we're both down to try things right away. Like, it's like if, if I come up with an idea, like... A lot of it is like new territory for us, right? Especially with the podcast. So it's like, we're not, we're not experts. We're not, we don't have a formula of creating and blowing up a podcast, yeah. but it's like, Hey, I think we should do this thing. Cause X, Y, Z reasons. And if he has no rebuttal instead of an ego, it'll just be like, yeah, let's do it. And then if he, you know what I mean? Like we okay. try, if we have yeah. rebuttal, like if we have a reason, then we'll say it. But it's like, we're never like, no, you know, I don't know. What if it doesn't work? Like, you know, I, I cannot, I could not work with somebody like that. So I'm glad he's both willing to try new things. Yes. I also think the other uh, thing about our personalities is, uh, is like self-development. Like we really care about like growth as people. And so that allows us to kind of like build each other up and like kind of check each other. Um, I feel like I can be very honest with him um, about the struggles I'm going through or what he's going through. And he gives good advice. Right. So um, I think that because we both care about growth and we, both care about being 
like the best version of ourselves is like cliche as that might sound like we're able to push each other. So your business partners mm-hmm. and lovers yeah. and lovers, of course, <laughs> that was not public until yeah. now. Yeah. Hype news. Yes. We're coming out. Yes. <laughs> Big deal. You're also friends. Yes. Yeah. How do you balance the business relationship with the friendship? Oh, this is a great one. I love this one. Here's Jeremy's why. Like, I've been waiting for this. No, no, no. Here's why. Because um, I think there's a huge difference of being friends with somebody and then starting a business. Yeah. It's that's a way harder route than meeting somebody through business. Through business and then becoming friends. Mm. Yeah. Um, because because even with the the Nectar Company, right? It started off with me approaching some people that I'd worked with prior that I'd become friends with and also people that I was friends with and that we're now working together. And I would say that it's by science, the people that I was friends with beforehand, it was way more difficult. There was a lot more new boundaries that we had to set versus the people that I had already worked with prior. So um, I think that in terms of work, it's like it's a breeze because we started off as a business relationship. Yeah. And with business relationships, you choose off of like merit and your ability to work together first and then if yeah. you realize hey we we would be good friends like that kind of builds that's like an added bonus off top of on, wow. on the top of a great first layer i love that so for connects my co-founder and myself we're also co-ceo oh. so completely equally split power and equity mm-hmm. and we started as friends oh really i thought yeah. you met at instagram though no well i was at instagram but i met him just playing board games he was doing his ah. own thing he was running a venture fund right mm. and so in the beginning, we like weren't like, oh, let's start a company together. It grew naturally and organically, and we had to build new boundaries. And our friendship changed yeah. because, yeah, you get it. You can't actually work with your friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to change a really. You have to change like you. You can't be the same level of friend and still have a productive business relationship. Yes. I agree. It's super tough. It's really hard. So so yeah. Can are you comfortable sharing? Yeah, like, of course. We're yeah, open about all of it. Yeah. No. Just maybe share like what was like the first really big fight or like what was the first thing you had to overcome and like what's a boundary you guys have now. So like for example, my co-founder and I. We, when you're friends, it's easy to focus on the things you're similar in. You don't notice the things you're like really different in. But like my co-founder and myself, like we're also very different in a lot of ways. Like here's one really good example. For me, like what I do with Carrot, the relationships I build there, they also become my friends, right? I'm building a business relationship with both of you and I'm building a personal relationship with both of you too. They're related and they're separate. And I actually love that. Mm -hmm. Most of my friends, actually almost all of my friends are people that are other creators and other founders who might overlap with me in the business context because they're people who can help me improve and maybe even help carrot, right? Mm. And I just naturally gravitate toward that type. Will's friends tend to be completely removed from any work he does with carrot. Mm. Like they're like, they're, they could just be like totally doing something totally different whatsoever and they could just be the type of person that Will can just like go chill and like hang out with and like get dinner and like drink. And for me, my friendships tend to always be focusing like some type of yeah. business or related relationship. If not business, not necessarily business, but hey, like what's on your mind? Like, yo, what's the dream? What's stopping mm. you? Like, let's talk about this mm. versus like, yo, let's just like chill. I'm not good at that, but he is. And so we realized early on this was fine because 
we would get dinners together, which like is what he likes. It's just like very chill. We're just, mm-hmm. you know, having fun. And for me, these dinners, because I was like, wait, like this guy's awesome. Like we can do stuff together. It was a lot of just like pushing each other, which eventually led to carrot. And now sometimes, you know, there was a point where my co-founder was like, hey, man, I don't feel like I get to do friendship stuff with you anymore. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like we were literally yeah, working building. together all the time. We were building. He's like, mm-hmm. when's the last time, you know, I've like asked you just to get dinner and just like hang out with me and just like chill. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, I didn't realize like that yeah. was like a requisite thing for you in a friendship. Mm. Like to me, like we work together all the time. This is building friendship. Yeah. And he's like, no, for me, like we don't just like hang out and just not talk about work. I was like, oh, I'm having oh, an yeah. interesting thought to ask then. I, I feel like I'm more like you. I feel like you're more like that. But d- if yeah. in a situation where I'm hanging out with people completely unwork related, I end up talking about something to do with work career like yeah, me all too. the time. That's my yeah. preferred topic of conversation. Same. I have the most fun <laughs> talking about that stuff. It feels the most natural. It feels the most like I'm excited about it. I want to know about mm-hmm. what you do. Maybe I can help you. So for us, maybe the topics yeah. of our free time is still yes. career and, and business related. And then for him, maybe he likes the escape where if he's chilling with people, he can completely be like, oh, let's talk about rock climbing or yes. Pokemon. And I can't really do that. I just feel like I'm wasting energy and time. So I'd rather friends. I like hanging out with friends where our conversations, even over dinner, it's like what he's got going on, what I got going on. Oh, that's so cool. You did that. What if you did this? And then he in the same way, you know, gives me advice. And yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. And I had to learn my co-founder is as much, if not more dedicated to care than I am. Mm-hmm. It's just processed and expressed in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So I feel like that's why maybe we have friends that like I can, if I look at my life now, right. They're all creator friends I met in some way for, or like, you know, people that I work with. Right. Like I don't really hang out with people that I have zero yeah. work or career relation with. That also relates to time though. Right. It's like, you're all day you spend working and then if you go shoot the podcast it's like you're hanging out with us and then with that little i don't time, consider that hanging out though that's work oh yeah but <laughs> damn jeremy I can, well i consider it fun it's like fun it's fun, it's, fun it's my work. favorite it's, part of work if yeah. i'm yeah i get to shoot the podcast 100 but it's like i'm going there for the podcast yeah it is work yeah. it's work and fun exactly yeah, I think that's fun. Fun things yeah. can be both yeah, yeah. but then right yeah. after that it's like okay i have my evening free now what do I got to do? It's probably more work. If I have one sliver of time, it's like, who am I going to spend it with? I'm going to try to maximize that little time I have with, you know, somebody that is going to maybe, it's going to propel everything forwards, right? So, so I think, then I choose. I think that's, we're all in this one mode of thinking, but I've met people like my co-founder, like for him, the most productive way is because he gets to spend time thinking with people outside of it, it just makes him a better human being able to come and grind forward yeah. in a way that I can't. Mm. Like, I will sometimes some of the hardest decisions at Carrot are the ones that Will has made because he has the presence of mind to be thinking through the long term. Weirdly, I'm always thinking short term, maybe. <laughs> and I have that issue too. Yeah. yeah. And so I it was a learning point for me because like he's different and this is not how I think. And I had to learn this is his way of caring of the company and it's his way of doing friendships that's like just different from how I do it. Mm. Mm. Exactly. No, I agree with I, I've met people like your co-founder. And I, it took me a while to realize like, oh, and then it's like, if you are friends with a person like that, right. And especially in your guys' scenario, it's very intriguing because you're literally co-CEOs, but like 
then they might feel offended that you never want to spend. You know what I mean? Like it goes. Oh, totally. It's like a weird. He's like, why aren't you just hanging out with me? And uh-huh. I'm like, why aren't you going to the 15th creator party tonight? <laughs> <laughs> it goes both ways. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. we need we need each other. Yep. So. And exactly. And you both just once it's like love languages, right? Like in a relationship, <laughs> yes. when you learn your partner's love language, it gets everything they do becomes easier to understand. Yeah. So in the same way, your friendship language has to be understood genius idea make this uh like a work language oh yeah yo work language work language is like work language is that crazy. is genius that is genius yeah. what would your work language be uh work harder <laughs> <laughs> work harder for me and i know you do <laughs> i actually think that is a good way to describe yours i actually think this work language concept is huge what about you how would you describe yours try to keep it like three words or less like he did. Like <laughs> I love you're just like adding yeah. all these roles. Like <laughs> no, it just was like, like, work harder was such a simple way yeah, to like. Wu Talks like, Ta- was big booty Latina. Wu <laughs> <laughs> Talks like three words what, what or less. It's got a rhyme. Iambic pentometer, please. <laughs> I think for me, okay, before I answer that, I'm going to say this. I think the reason why, like, why are we even doing this podcast, right? Uh-huh. Because like people select for the things they like. I think it's because all three of us are similar, mm-hmm. i.e., our business and work and personal friendships all kind of go together. Like, I feel like all of us are focused on Mm self-development. Yo, we got a chance here. Like, this is also work, but it's also fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think all three of us vibe on that. And I think at the end of the day, that's why we're doing the podcast, right? Because people don't do the things they hate, you know? So if we're doing this, like, this is also like spare time. This is like APM, you know? We're doing it because we also like it, you know? So I think my work language is... Okay. I'm going to say it's more than three words. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you break the rules. Uh, th- 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 thank you, Wuchak. I think it's <laughs> thank you, thank someone, you. This, this does tie to what I just said. I think someone who can balance me, and here's what I mean by this. Mm. I am very short-term intense and very reactive. Mm. And I'm a big believer. We don't have strengths and weaknesses. We have the same capabilities that different situations present differently. That capability I just said, I'm very reactive, very short-term. Some situations, that's a huge strength. Yes. I can network. I can do things in the moment that other people look at. They're like, wow, how did he do it? And in other situations, when it comes to long-term planning, I am ass. Mm. <laughs> and I love my co-founder. Dude, I could not run Carrot without mm-hmm. him. Like, I this feel would the same way about my not co-founder. not be a company without him. And he provides that long-term balance and longer-term thing, which sometimes I argue with him. He argues with me because we don't agree, but I couldn't do it without him. Yeah. So I need someone who can balance me, but be able to... Like they gotta be different, but they still gotta be able to like know when I'm being intense and like sit and hold with it and like let me do my thing too. Hmm. That's more than three words. Wutak, what's yeah. your work language? Jeez. Oh. I've been thanking. <laughs> <Big> booty- <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's weird because what what I'm building my work language to be now is completely different from what it was, let's say pre ayahuasca. This uh, really was an inflection point dude, in your life. I said 180 degree and I wasn't lying. It was like genuine. It's a really good degree. thing you didn't say 360 degrees. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no. I'm, hey, man. I, I give you some <laughs> no, credit. Because I've said this before. I'm like, I made a 360 degree turn. It's like all the way. Oh, I yeah. can't even turn around. I'm like, what? Nah, yeah, I've, I've heard people say that a few times and I thought about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, bro, you're right back where you right. started. Yeah. All right, 180 degrees. One way, um, okay, so before it was very like. In a negative term, uh, like independent, too independent, everything, it just relied on me, mm. especially in my type of business where the content is me, yeah, it's like, you know, all, and it's exactly, I'm the brand. And then, um, but 
in the plus side, it was also full. I was very accountable because it was like I blame myself for anything that went wrong, anything that went right. I, it was it was because of me. So that's like a good trait that I learned from it. But overall, like now that I, you know, one of the things I learned during my journey was like the things that brought me to this point, which is the way I had to be to get here because I had I came from nothing, had no support. So everything was, of course, alone. So it was like just more, 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 more. You know, what I mean, if I fail, it's like you, you piece of shit, do better, like, you know, that type of mentality. Um, but now that I am at this point and I have this thing built already, there's tons of capable people that are willing to help me. And so now he's, he's, he's a good example, right? But that's building almost like a separate thing, like under the influence podcast, mm. it definitely benefits everything I'm building as an ecosystem, bar but, chemistry, but yeah. bar chemistry itself, it's like, well, now I need partners and stuff. And it's like, you know, if I want someone to join me and I did everything in chaos because it was like me. Right. And it's like, take every opportunity, yeah. grab it, every, anything, any chance I get, take it all. And then just overload myself. And just, if I can't do it, just do more and like sleep less or whatever. Right. Or like, and then it was, um, but it was just like, there's no way to like introduce someone to help me in that type of environment. Like I wasn't long-term thinking, you know what I mean? It was just like, what's the next Dude, I goal? feel like I so boom, identify. Boom, boom. Yo, yeah. So similar. Yeah. So now I'm like working with people who are like potentially long-term partners, Ooh. potentially. And, um, and you know, they're very talented at what they do and they have the personality traits, like you said, that balance me, right? Yeah. Where he's like, okay, maybe, maybe a slowdown and looking at the long-term strategy, like, will this, yeah. the time we're spending for these next three weeks to really capture this one opportunity, is that going to benefit us long-term and like that type of thinking? So, yeah. Because you got the impulse, you're just like, do, do, do. Yeah, 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 I mean, exactly. Which it, is good, it. which like you said, it's in yeah. certain situations, that's the power that's you need to be, but uh, it's not every time that you need to be like that. So, yeah. Hmm. Have you noticed post pre and post ayahuasca? Have you feel like you've noticed a change in Wutak? Absolutely. Wow. It's subtle. It's not like he all of a sudden doesn't crack jokes or yeah. like, you know, he's like different, but like it's like who are you, body statue? <laughs> you know, just just more thoughtful in the things he says, the actions he does. And in terms of you guys gotta tune into the episode to see what his addictions were. <laughs> but completely, completely curbed him. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yep, yeah. Yep. You stopped addictions after Yeah, honestly. Way, way eight more suddenly than I thought. Was it eight? Not, dude. More, more like an 11 year. Yeah. 11 yeah. years of conditioning, I think. Yeah. Just substances are different. Um, so I'll just say it. <laughs> no, they got to watch the vlog. <laughs> bleep this there. No, I'm just we, can, we, can, we can keep hype for the video. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Because no. um, so I think if we talk about it, people want to. It, it also makes sense to what we were saying before. Yeah. So, like, the fear of not finding love. I was a sex addict. So, like, gotcha. yeah, that's what I meant by like replacing my need for love with lust. It was like, like, uh, because one, I feel like I've always been very into the idea of romantic love, even from yeah. a child, right? even more so than other most other people i feel like and then but that manifested in me in negative ways uh and then it became just like a constant chase of like the next girl rather than like one girl that could fulfill me so then every girl felt like i was digging a hole deeper and yeah and then you know after freaking um 27 now so it's like it's been a while of doing that and <laughs> dude i feel grateful like yeah. that is that is hard to share. It is very, it was, you know, when I was making that episode, I wrote out, well, one, I wrote out, I had already written everything that I learned from the journey, but it was so a lot. Of, I had left out a lot of it, like maybe half. And I still shared for over two hours. And it was like hella scary to me because it was like, this is the most vulnerable f***ed up part of so myself. Intimate. Yeah. That like, if I share this the wrong way, it could be taken out. Of, you know what I mean? So I, like, I really honed in on like, 
one, do I even want to share it? And I did because when I would share this journey with people close to me, I could, it's like they were learned. It's like they went through it just from me yeah. sharing it and they, they made changes in their behaviors. And you know, other people I told, they would like, like this marketing guy I work with, right? Yeah. I, over, uh, over, over lunch that I was having with him, I told him like parts of it. And then he went and told our mutual friend, he's like, bro, I got to change my life. Like, I got to do this different now. I got to do that. Like, he told him on the side. He didn't say that to my face. But then that friend, who's our mutual friend, comes and tells me. He's like, bro, stop telling my friends these things. Now he doesn't want to go out. Now he, now he doesn't want to wingman yeah. me. He's like, and I'm like, whoa. So, like, he didn't say it to me, but he is, like, it made him contemplate some of the actions he's taking in his life. Same with my brother, I feel like. My, my roommate, my best friend. So, like, You yeah. can see, it is... The hardest thing is to like share something that I'm scared of. Yes. And I think the most precious thing is when someone shares that with you. Mm -hmm. And so like one, I just feel like actually like, thank you for sharing. That is powerful. And I can totally see, you know, when you share that with others, people can be like, wow, like we talk actually really cares about our relationship because why else would he go out to this length and share this with me? Mm hmm. And seeing, it sounds like they're also experiencing changes and reflections too. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, I believe that too. Proud of you. Thanks, man. Let's do another question. How many more questions do you guys want to do? I'm I mean, down. how much time? Yeah. What's, what's, the, the time? what's the time? Oh, like? it's I'm whatever, but oh. I want to be conscious of you guys. Oh, sh oh sh <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, we let's over. do one more. Yeah, let's one do more. one. I had no idea. Damn. Finish, Damn. finish it. Oh, Yo, time shit. went by Eric, fast. Eric, Eric just wraps this up in his world. One more. Okay, we'll do. Sorry, we text messaging person. Sorry, oh, I man, went yeah, way this over. Is, this is, oh, super light. Yeah. Uh, Yo, I am sorry, guys. I should have been keeping track of time. No worries. We'll do one more. Yeah, one more. We'll keep it quick. This is the level three. Oh, it's a wild card. Do a different one. Oh, yeah, wild card. All right, last one. It's a wild card too. Is these just all wild, wild cards? cards. What's a wild card? The game's trying to trap us here. Oh. Oh, okay. It's not. They're all wild cards. These are all really good. Which which one do you want to do? Oh. I like I like I like this one. I what? like the this one's like the you conclusion. Like one? Yeah, I like it's that one. Yeah, yeah, because it's a conclusion. I will yes, do this one. Yes. All right, gents. What is a lesson you will take away from our conversation? Should I go first? Yeah, you go first. Um, I think in, in, you know, everything we talked about, our parents, everything we talked about, our co-founder relationships, everything we talked about balancing our life and where we want to be, I think that it's really important that I slow down and I take the time to, mm. I take the time to make space for things that I, th I think don't matter because something in my gut tells me I'm going to regret it if I don't. And... Um, I, I did burn out in my previous career and I said that I would never end up in that space yeah. and I can see habits creeping back in. And every time, you know, I, I, I give myself the, every time I give myself the space to act like, or do the things that I, that, that burned me out in the first place, I'm, I'm headed back towards that same place and I care about everything that I've built way more. So surrender and slow down is probably what I learned. Surrender. Yeah. We talk about about you. Um, keeping some of your closest relationships should be people that 
either contrast or compliment you, you know? I think the, um, the thing about your co-founder and how well your relationship does, but how different your friendship languages and work languages are, I think that's important. I think for me, I think the concept like, wow, maybe love can be conditional. I just never thought of it that way before, but listening mm -hmm. to you describe it, I'm like, huh. Then it becomes, what are the conditions that are the deal breakers for you mm -hmm. versus trying to find people who just will completely accept you in every single way that you can feel the same. Yeah. I Bars. Yeah. All right. Nice. Hey, let's blot the candle. One, two, three.